1: Okay. Welcome to the Browns Wire podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. With me is a very sick Adam Moore.
2: <laughs>
1: right, Adam? You said you were sick all week?
2: Yeah, You yeah. sick all
1: day?
2: I'm all right. We'll, we'll power through. Yeah. And then I also have a special guest,
1: the host of the Browns Blitz podcast, Rod Bloom. How you doing?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys
1: yeah i really like your podcast yeah every week you have a new guest on uh it's usually a a browns fan a a listener you ask them some tough questions the last one you got kind of into it talking about you know all the the racial stuff going on right now and obviously you got to talk about jadavian Clowney. i feel like that's been a topic pretty much every week since the dawn of time is what it feels like for every browns podcast really
3: yeah yeah i mean we've uh yeah, last week was kind of a special podcast for us. Uh, you know, we really didn't even talk Browns football at all. Uh, we just, we thought it was uh, important enough to just talk about, uh, you know, just all the the racial issues going on. And so we, we spent two hours talk, talking about it. We put yeah. a panel together and talked about it. And, um, you know, we were pretty happy happy with the results.
1: Yeah, that's very cool. Well, Adam and I, uh, we avoid anything, any difficult conversation any, any, <laughs> anything serious at all? We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about it. We talk about gambling, and every now and again we'll talk about football cards. So that's that's, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> basically, right. basically, for ten we're twelve.
3: Football What's cards up? are good. I like those
1: too. <laughs> there you go. So Adam and I got into a couple of debates because we were going over the Vegas lines, uh, the Vegas season prop bets for some of the Brown stars: Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, Beckham uh Austin Hooper which I I thought this was interesting because when I was on your show we kind of talked about our expectations for Austin Hooper David and Joku uh and you actually brought that up two weeks ago with your last guest about um what your expectations were for Austin Hooper and David and Joku again right was that two weeks ago
3: um yeah yeah two weeks ago we actually talked Browns football on my podcast so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah. I, let's Let's go ahead
1: and uh, ask you your opinions on this one. The first one we talked about was Nick Chubb's total rushing yard prop, which was set at one thousand three hundred fifty yards, fifty and a half yards. I apologize, I was off by point five. Yeah. And uh, Adam had the under, and I had the
3: over. What do you think? Well, first of all, I'm going to answer all these assuming that that we're going to see sixteen games, guys. So that's you know, fair. If, if the season gets abbreviated, it kind of throws all this whole discussion out, you know, um, that's what we think will happen. But for me, I, I would go with the over, i feel pretty comfortable going with the over just, uh, I don't know if you got, I just got tagged in, in a tweet, um, saying that Nick Chubb was timed doing, uh, running two forties at four, three, um, what just just today so um yeah i kind of like that and he's got a better line i think he's got a better system for him and you know i know it it could be different you could see a different split with with he and kareem hunt but uh um gosh and you know he had 14 what fourteen fifty or something last season and i'm not gonna predict that he's gonna have 1800 yards or anything but i feel pretty confident that he'll come pretty close to equaling or bettering what he did last season so
1: you saw a video of him on twitter running a 4 three forty.
3: no i just uh i just heard it uh i just saw oh. i think somebody put that out that that either nick chubb said he did or, or something i'll see i'll see if i can find the tweet but um but yeah i think that's actually from nick chubb but yeah. I, I was tagged in a tweet that said that so you and I are on the same page. I was thinking that, too. I was also thinking
1: the addition to Kevin Stefanski was going to help those numbers out, right, because he's going to be more run-oriented uh, than Freddie Kitchens. Adam disagreed. Adam, did you want to kind of tell him why you disagreed and see if you could sway him?
2: Yeah, well, I guess my my justification for the under it has everything to do with Kareem Hunt and him being available for, for a full 16-game season. Uh, assuming everybody's healthy, um, that, you know— I wouldn't touch this bet. Uh, one thing though that you know running back has a tough position to stay healthy with and I think I think we're asking a lot that's a lot of yardage for Nick Chubb to ask ask him to get 1350 uh, you, I, if, if I'm gonna say he's gonna get 1350 I'm gonna assume he's gonna play 16 full games I'm gonna I'm gonna assume he's gonna get 70 80 percent of the snaps. I think both of those are in jeopardy. I don't think both of those are locks so that's why I'm going under so to recap, we have two people
1: that are saying over, and one sad, sick idiot
3: <laughs> saying under. Just,
1: just to recap for those listening at home, Adam doesn't have any charts either. He's sick, so he didn't get any charts ready or nothing. It's just naked Adam.
3: <laughs> His reasoning makes sense, but I, I just, I think, I think Nick Chubb is uh, too good, confident. I just I do think, think- he's, he's just so darn good, and I think he's, I think he's going to
2: be playing on a better offense this season. I do think I do think he's a top five back uh, as far as talent is concerned. I just think I'm just concerned about uh, his volume. And then, um, it, you know, if he's going to be able to stay healthy for 16 full games, those are big questions. And thir- thir- 1350 is a lot of a lot of rushing yards. I would say that's that's probably up there in the top of the league as far as what yes. the over under are for running backs. Mm.
1: Yes, that's fair. Those are all fair points. I'm just giving Adam a hard time. Full full disclosure, I don't know how familiar you are with Adam's work, but Adam hits, I mean, he's in the high 60s, 70% for how he gambles, and he's very very masterful with a lot of these prop bets, so in all fairness, adam's at the end of the year adam's gonna have a better record than me but not on this one (laughs) uh, moving on let me ask you about baker mayfield we're gonna go the opposite side right we're gonna talk about the passing game baker mayfield's line for passing yards is three thousand eight hundred ninety nine point five, and his passing line for touchdowns is 24 and a half what do you think about those
3: numbers you're not gonna tell me what you guys think first
1: okay all right uh well, I, this one, see, I was kind of on the fence about this one, right? Because I felt like my bias yeah. was coming out, because I was saying, pre- I was pretty much saying over for every single Browns line. But on this one, I did decide I went back. I put under. I think Adam, you actually had over on this one, correct?
2: I did go. I did go over with Baker. Yeah. Yeah. I and do like the, Baker this year.
1: Yeah, and then on the touchdowns, I went over, and then Adam went under again. So that's kind of that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, I we Adam did defunct. One of the assumptions that I made, I I thought that Kevin Stefanski ran more play action in the red zone than he actually did. Adam did kind of nail me on that one, Uh, but we'll get to you. What do you,
3: what do you think? I I think that yardage total is kind of right on the line of about what I would expect Baker to do. So uh, I I would say over, but not by much, Uh, you know, if Baker goes for 4,000 yards, I would, I would be thrilled. I think in this offense, you know, it, it's not going to be. It, it's going to be more about the running game and and Baker picking his spots and executing. So, if he gets if he gets four thousand yards, I don't. You know, I, he's. It, this is not going to be a forty five hundred or five thousand yard season for Baker. It's just not that kind of an offense. So, uh, I'll I'll go over, but just barely. Because, that's still um, a ton of yards. It, I mean, yeah, it is a lot of yards. So that I, would I mean, be. I, I,
2: I could, that would be him, papers, I could see team coming CJ.
3: in under. I think it's. I mean, it's not an easy line to pick on, for sure.
2: Yeah. What? Do you, but what? Do you, what do you have last year? Thirty-seven. He. He's been close the last two years. He had like thirty-six and then thirty-seven. I and think it was I, like
3: yeah, it was like right around thirty-seven or thirty-eight last year. But or with like that, that
1: said, if you're predicting us to win more games and in an offense that runs the ball more, you would yeah. think that that would take a hit. I mean, I. I think you're right. I think it's a very. It's a very hard number. I probably am going to stay away from it. Um, what I like, do you think? I, would, about- I
3: wouldn't bet on that number.
2: <laughs> I like yeah. it. I I think I do think they're going to be more balanced than they were last year. I don't <laughs> think they're going to be this. I don't think they're going to be like a top five run heavy team just because they got they have too much too many weapons through the air. They they got too good at wide receivers, too good at tight ends. Uh, you know the the. The question's out on Baker. I think he's I think he's in a prime spot to take a big leap forward here. Kirk Cousins was the was the fourth highest efficiency quarterback in the NFL last year. That's Kirk Cousins we're talking about. Kevin Stefanski with Baker Mayfield. I'm expecting a larger large increase in efficiency. Even if his passing attempts go down, I still think the pie is bigger, the offensive pie, the passing game pie is bigger, and that's why I'm going over. Right. And
1: and I get that. I think I think that you are right, Adam. I think that I think that it's fair to say that Baker Mayfield can be more efficient than Kirk Cousins. I think that everybody would agree. I don't think it's biased at all saying that Baker Mayfield is more talented than Kirk Cousins. I mean there was a reason the guy was drafted number one overall. I think he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. So I do if you're if you're banking on that efficiency, I could totally see that. Now, I also want to add I also want to see how many more times you can say pie. During this podcast. <laughs> so I need, I need that to, I need that, that, that total to be around eight. Okay. But so where, where are you at on that? What do you think about the touchdowns? What, what are you thinking?
3: Yeah, I I think he'll come in higher than 24.5 on the touchdowns. And again, I don't think he's going to throw 40 touchdown passes, but I think he'll be close. I think he'll be, I think he'll be around 30. You know, I think he'll be 28, 29, 30, somewhere around in that area. That, that would be my guess
1: yeah i did think that was that was kind of a small number when you look at the stats i mean again we're looking at Kirk cousins numbers last year Kirk cousins went i think he had 26 27 touchdowns last year baker i mean he hits 24 he hit 24 the last two seasons i believe so i feel like that number isn't that high um Mm -hmm. i also like i said i I was wrong last week i was talking about how i I thought stefanski more red zone um action pass i guess i would that, But for some reason, I, I'm going to stick by the statement that I believe that that's probably going to be heavy usage, roll out Baker, dump it to Austin Hooper in the red zone. But I mean, I guess that that's just me looking at this roster and making an assumption.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I think, well, I think the stat you're referring to, Josh, is that last year in Minnesota, Kevin Stefanski had the highest run rate rush rate in the NFL, in the red zone. And it was like 61% of the time they ran the yeah. football in the red zone. I do think it'll probably be more balanced, but I think, I think Stefanski would be wise to give Chubb the ball in the red zone. I think if you look at the stats, Chubb, Chubb had like an 80% success rate rushing the ball in the red zone. He's super efficient down here. I think, I think, I think Kevin Stefanski is uh hashtag much smarter than, uh, than, uh, than than Freddie Kitchens was. We we talked. We've 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 uh, belabored the the Freddie Kitch- Kitchens is a moron on this podcast. I, I do I, think I do think Safansky and that front off that Princeton front office will be able to figure that out. That just, you know rushing the ball and giving it to Chubb in the red zone is the right thing to do. I, I have something to add, but Rod, I, did you have did you have something there? I don't want to cut you off. Well, one
3: one thing I was going to say, guys, is we're talking about chubb and baker and these numbers you know we're we're looking at the offense and the weapons and and the way Stefanski's run the offense you got you also have to look at how you perceive the browns defense and how good is the defense going to be at slowing the other team down you know and keeping browns in the game or you know or or winning games for the browns and that that's going to partially dictate the browns offense too Mm -hmm. You know, how, um, you know, are, are they going to end up running the ball a lot in the second half because they're ahead or are they going to be strictly a passing offense in the second half because they're down? That's a good point. I definitely have not factored that in enough, especially
1: when and we're going to talk about the linebacker depth later. Um, but, I mean, you know, the defense obviously, obviously, in my eyes, has some huge weaknesses that maybe I'm not taking into account when really evaluating these lines. I mean, is that is that kind of down the road you were going with more as the the defense being a
3: liability rather than something that's going to dominate. I think. Uh, I think. <clears throat> I think the defense is a little bit more of a question mark just because of the line, the linebackers that we'll talk about, and the, the youth in the secondary. That's
1: all. That's that's fair. And I want to go back to. I I feel like I went a little crazy earlier when we talked about Freddie Kitchens and his his lack of intelligence early in the year. I think that Freddie Kitchens is a good coach. I don't think he's a good head coach. I think he's a player's coach. I think he's got a positive attitude. I think he's a guy you can rally around. I do think he's a good offensive mind. I think he feels the rhythm of the players and what the players want. Um, But he's not a a CEO. He's not a head coach. I think that's where he was lacking. I would be perfectly fine Mm -hmm. with the Cleveland Browns hiring him to be the offensive coordinator. So when I, I talk about Freddie Kitchens being an idiot, I just don't think he's a CEO. He does not seem like he has. Has those organizational skills? It, you can't fly by the you you're, you can't make rash and haste decisions as a head coach. You can't do it, and he did that far too often. Now, I do want to. I don't know why we're assuming Kevin Stefanski is so much smarter than Freddie Kitchens. Why? Because he doesn't bathe. Because he doesn't <laughs> iron a shirt. Adam doesn't use complete sentences. I think that's rude. Okay, <laughs> it's classless and it's rude. You elitist. With yeah, your, yeah, your yeah. iron shirt. <laughs> Going on to that next number, let's talk about OBJ. His number is one thousand fifty point five receiving yards. Um, Adam and I were both kind of, uh, we were both pretty bullish on this number. We thought it was a, it was a pretty good number. Adam was more psyched about it than me. Uh, I think you already put, mon- did you already put money on this line?
2: No, not
3: yet. No. What are your thoughts, Rod? My, my first thought is that he'll do better than that, just because he's healthy. Uh, there's g- going to be more. Uh, what two you know, uh, where it's just he and Jarvis out there more than likely. I mean, I know there's gonna be you know tight ends and and backs to throw to and everything, but um, with him healthy, you have to feel pretty confident that he can eclipse this. But it's gonna go more to how much they run versus how much they pass and how much they use a tight end versus how much they use wide receiver. So, um, you know. I could see an argument against it, but if I'm putting money down, and I'm and and I'm betting on a healthy OBJ versus, I mean, he, uh, I'm trying to think, he was right around this number last year, last season, and he was hurt the whole season. So if I was going to bet money, I would bet on bet on him eclipsing that number this season.
1: You definitely you bring up an interesting point because you're talking about him him and Landry being the only wide receivers on the field. So you envision them running a more condensed. To, you, you envision them? Uh, I'm guessing running more two tight end cents and being very, li- very limited in his options. Right? You're talking about maybe three receiver options, um, maybe four for running back going out of the backfield. Is that what you're you're thinking? So even though they are often. passing less, yeah. So even if they do pass less, you're expecting OBJ to be the centerpiece. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think I think he and Jarvis are going to see. You know, uh, I think those guys and who those two and Hooper will see a majority of the targets. Um, I think you'll see two tight end sets uh, Mm. to help with the running game, you know, a lot too, but um, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't rule out uh, um, seeing uh, three running backs out there with the fullback more often than what people are guessing. So it's going to be interesting, but I think that, I think OBJ is going to be on the field almost all the time.
1: Yeah. That, yeah, I would. I would think that that's right. <laughs> you you talked about the three running back uh, set a couple weeks ago. Is there on your podcast? Is there something you're seeing, or is that just an assumption? Or have you have you noticed that Kevin Stefanski runs that? Because I haven't seen that. I haven't noticed that. Are you thinking just because of the mass of talent that's back there, you feel? Like I think be it's just the talent. Idea? It's
3: yeah. just a just a just a gut feeling on my part. And I and I don't think they're going to do it a ton, but I can imagine. I can imagine coming out in that set and if they're successful, just staying with it and marching down the field, you know, on occasion. So, you know, and not not something they would do all the time, but I I could certainly see them um, really doing that with with three with the three backs they have to that they could that they can use in that set. I feel like that's
1: fair. Uh, I feel like they did spend a little bit of money on that fullback. They brought him in. He's a very talented fullback, Andy Janovich. Um, so I, I feel like I feel like you're right. I feel like I feel like he's people are forgetting about how often he's probably going to see the field, and he is pretty good with the ball in his hands, to be quite honest with you. So I do think that he's probably going to be a factor, and that's something we haven't really talked about.
2: Adam, do you have anything to add about the OBJ bet? No, I, I was just going to say that before um, before OBJ guy. I think when he broke his ankle, he had like three straight years of over 1300 yards and over 10 touchdowns. Uh, I didn't have less than 1300 yards didn't have less than 10 touchdowns in those three years. I think I think he's due to make another another run here. We all know he's an elite receiver. I'm banking on uh, an increase in efficiency and accuracy from Baker. We know when he when he when he's able to set his feet. He can really deliver at a good ball um, we got some offensive line protection I think he's going to be able to to sit in the pocket a little bit better make some good reason deliver an accurate ball this year I think that's really going to help uh, obj uh, I, I just think this is his his second breakout uh, as a wide receiver and I, I agree I think you could see a lot of a lot of 12 personnel a lot of 21 personnel uh, there's going to be there and in in we talked. We've talked about obviously OBJ, Landry, Hooper, and Joku, Cream Hunt. So there's a lot of balls to go around. Uh, but I, I, the more I think about it, the more I hear, I don't think there's really going to be much competition from the wide receiver three. I know we got we got Higgins, you got Donovan, people Jones, but they're talking about moving Kareem Hunt into that third wide receiver role, which makes me think that they're going to want to get him on the field uh, more often than not. So I, I don't think we need to worry a whole lot about. The third wide receiver stealing any production from those other four guys. Yeah, I, agree well,
3: I with you. you yeah, you look like you had something I, else to add to that. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I think you, I think you're going to see Kareem Hunt split out probably more often than you're going to see any any of the uh, other wide receivers on the field. Yeah, I'd almost, he, almost be surprised. Good. So I, I think you'll see guys like uh, like uh, like Higgins and People's Jones out there, you know, on occasion just to kind of mix things up, but yeah. I don't think I don't think it's going to be a standard set.
1: I would agree with that. You know, Green Punt is very good in space. He's got very good hands, so I, I don't think it's uh, insane to think. You know, people, people talk about wide receivers and being in the slot, like you have to run these complex route trees. I mean, not really, and you see very simplified offenses where the third wide receivers really only run, you know, screen – type uh routes like debo samuel or or very short you know three yard slants are in so you don't really have Uh to have a complex route tree um, to dominate from the slot debo samuel is a bad bad example because he runs a very crisp route but we did see him run very simplified routes a lot of the time so that's kind of why i was thinking about that Um, but so i I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see cream hunt take a huge chunk of snaps there Um, but moving on the very last one i wanted to ask you about we had eric robin Robinson on the show a couple of weeks ago who writes for Falco hooks. Uh, and he's a big Austin fan. We talked about the total for the receptions being at 64. I think that number stayed the same. I haven't checked it in a couple weeks. weeks. Is that right?
2: Yeah. As far as last I heard, 64 and a half, I thought was where it was.
1: Okay. 64 and a half. And he, he said he saw that number and he laughed at it. He was all over the over. Um, and I kind of agree with him based on the talent, the money they paid him. There's a lot of factors I agree with, but as you yeah. said, there's not a whole lot of balls out there so what do you think
3: I think I think he's the number 3 receiver on the team really the num- well however you want to look at it I mean he's mm-hmm. the number 3 option or in the top 3 options so I would take the over yeah. I think you're going to have three receivers with with uh, with with 80 catches probably or close to it
1: Wow. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a lot of passing. That's a big, that's, but I guess you're thinking that you're thinking that the top three receivers and
3: then there's going to be a huge disparity is what your thought process is. I think there would be a big drop off after those guys. I mean, you know, I could be off. Maybe it's, you know, maybe, maybe you're talking 70, 70, you know, um, um, maybe, maybe these guys are in the seventies and then, you know, maybe, maybe Kareem Hunt has, has quite a few catches, but then after that, you're not going to have anybody with with many catches.
2: And Adam, you're not your head. You yeah, easy. no, I agree. I think I think the I think the target's going to be real condensed in this offense. I I don't think you're going to see a whole lot outside of OBJ, outside of Landry, outside of Hooper, um, and then I think you sprinkle in a little bit of Hunt, and then Joku, and then Chubb being that fifth option. I think, yeah, I just think there's going to be a. I think there may not there may be a reduction in the amount of. Uh, passes that are thrown this year, but I think it's going to be really condensed into those three three guys as far as where the targets are going to go. Okay. And I if think I- we talked about it, Josh. I, I don't think Austin Hooper has had less than 64 catches uh, in his in his career.
1: Uh, I think his rookie year he did, uh, but it's been a while. It's been like three or four years since he's, so this, he's gotten that a pro- low.
2: From a production standpoint, this would be his worst year if he does not go over 64 and a half.
1: Yes, that is a fact. So that that is another you know pro to taking that bet i guess that leads me to another question where do you view uh and rod this is for you where do you view david and joku i mean obviously you're feeling it sounds like you're pretty low on him maybe he, he, this is a guy we should be watching for to as trade bait or what are you thinking
3: well i, I think they want I, I think they want Njoku on the team and you know i think i think that uh that he and Harrison Bryant are going to get, are going to get time out there and that they'll get a few targets, but you know, I, I think, uh, I think Austin Hooper is going to be the main guy for, for targets uh, for the tight end. So um, I just, uh, especially this season with, with what's going on right now with, with the, with the virus and everything, I don't think you want to get rid of depth. So,
1: right.
3: um, so, so, I, I like Njoku. He just to me he still needs to prove himself. Um, he needs to learn how to k- catch the <laughs> easy ball. Um yeah. I I mean I'm a big fan. I, I like the guy. I just he he needs to he needs to work himself back into and, and who knows, he's probably gonna start his he's he's probably gonna be the number two tight end, right? So right. um so he's gonna get playing time. He may not get a ton of targets right away, but if he wants targets, he, better catch, he just better catch the football. Right. You start dropping the football, you're not going to get any targets on this team.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. He, he's great after the catch. I mean, he's one of the best. I I mean, out of the recent draft classes, I mean, he's one of the best tight ends I've ever rated after the catch. I mean, his skills mm-hmm. with the ball in his hands. But the problem is he's got to get the ball in his hands to do that he's got to catch the ball to do that so i i completely get get that i completely get where you're coming from i don't know if i'm ready to chalk him up as a bust um no. but what okay not let yet. me if not yet okay so if I'm he, not no if he what 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 has to happen for you to label him a bust at this point like what's what's left what can he do let's say that the season goes poorly for him and they get rid of him i mean like what do you what are you thinking
3: I don't, I don't throw the word bust around because look how many guys come through Cleveland and then go someplace else and do well. So
1: that's true. It's
3: hard to, it's hard to label Brown's players as busts, but (laughs) just being honest here, guys. But, um, you know, I think it's going to depend on in this offense, how many targets he actually gets, what kind of shot he actually gets, but he needs to capitalize on whatever that is. And, you know, if he only gets twenty targets this season, he needs he needs to catch the football. Mm-hmm. And if he does, he's going
2: to stick around. Right. That's, That's Josh. fair. You could speak to it better than I can. But how is he as a blocker? He's below average. He's not yeah. good.
1: Uh, Nate Whiting, the the undrafted free agent from Iowa, is going to step in and be a better blocker almost immediately. Yeah. So I mean, immediately, guaranteed. So I mean, he he they're not going to keep him for that. He's got to he's got to catch the ball. He's got to be yeah. a weapon to be worth keeping, and that's just that's just how it is. So I, I agree with everything Rod's saying. Um, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. We briefly touched on the linebackers and how we're kind of all kind of looking at that group as a as a question mark. But Rod, what do you think? Break down this unit for us. You you excited about it? You scared about it? What do you got going on?
3: <laughs> we need some guys to step up, and, and we we need to see how this defense is going to how, how it's going to play out. You know, the, um, we may see a lot of, a lot of, a lot of sets where it's, uh, what, uh, four, two, five or five, one, five, things like this, just because of the weakness of the linebackers, um, the weakness or the, I, I shouldn't necessarily say the weakness. A lot of it's the inexperience of That's these fair. guys, you know, um, I you know I, I like Mac Wilson I think he's going to develop into you know a, a very nice player he, he did you know he stepped into a tough spot last last season he made some nice plays he he wasn't great overall but I mean everybody in Cleveland loves him we'd love to see him just keep progressing and get to be a great player but beyond Mac Wilson you know what do what do we really have um you know BJ B. Goodson I think is is Everybody sees him as just uh, being a middle linebacker to come in and, and, uh, you know, first, second downs to stop the run. I I hear I hear that maybe he's a little bit better than that um, from from a a friend who's a Packers fan. So we'll see if he's able to to do more than just stop the run. I, I don't know. And other than that, we don't we don't know anything about any of these guys. We really yeah. don't, other than what we've read. We haven't seen it. really, you know, I mean, Taki Taki really didn't play much last season at all. Um, you know, and then guys we, you know, and uh, Willie Harvey, you know, these guys were on the team, special teams, and played, you know, a handful of plays here and there. But uh, how much can you expect these guys to do this season? You know, um, I think it's unrealistic to expect this. This group to be great this season, so they're going to have to. Uh, you're going to have to allow this group to grow, and along with the group growing, you're going to need a couple guys to step up to emerge at the same time. And, and I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be too much to ask or not.
1: I, I feel like that's fair. Um, so who who do you who are your starting three? Who do you see as the starters?
3: Well, if you had to start three, I would think right now probably. Uh, uh, well, Mac Wilson's going to start, um, <laughs> and he's either starting it, you know, in probably in the middle when Goodson's not in, and and uh, maybe and and Goodson's in the middle, you know, in the first first two down. So if we're just saying first down, we got Goodson, Mac Wilson, and. Uh, probably Taki Taki or, or Phillips, maybe? Jacob Phillips? Jacob Phillips, yeah. I mean, and to expect Jacob Phillips to go out there and start as a rookie, I mean, that, that's a lot to ask, too.
1: It is. That is a lot to ask. I, you know, you talked about Sion Taki Taki, and Adam and I talked about him a little bit last week. I, I wasn't that impressed with him. Uh, I wasn't that impressed with him at BYU. I thought he was a very average player. Um, so my hopes are not high. Obviously, the Browns staff, well, at the time at least, maybe not the new one, but uh, Dorsey and his crew felt different. They felt that there was some talent there, enough to draft him in the mm-hmm. third round. Um, but what, what do you what do you see with Taki Taki? Do you think that there's something there? Were you happy with the pick?
3: I mean, did you, do you see something there, or do you think that this is going to be a guy that's going to be reserve? I haven't seen enough yet to, to believe that he's going to be a, a solid starter yet. I think we need to see growth from him you know for that to happen so um i think that the browns are going to give all these guys a shot (laughs) and kind of see what happens you know including including the the undrafted uh you know free agents and and everything i think this is a a wide open competition and they have what um trying to think like what eight maybe eight linebackers on the on the roster right now i believe is that right yeah, that's what I was coming up with. I never know. At this time of year, every roster you look at looks a little bit different. So yeah. <laughs> um, Solomon Ajayi, he's not going to be a guy who's uh, who's going to come in and start. Um, Montreal no. Meander, I think he used to be a, a DB. So um, I don't know if he's going to come in and start. Uh, Tay Davis, um, you guys tell me, he, didn't he play more special teams last season? Yeah, if, if he so, started, I think we're in trouble yeah so you got really the guys that i've mentioned um and you
1: mentioned willie harvey willie harvey's willie another harvey. guy that went undrafted last year out of iowa state who's
3: i mean i think he's my height so that's another guy you probably don't want starting he's and not you know, a real big guy and he got hurt last he got hurt last season i believe so he came back at the end of the year and he he was on the team a little bit i don't know what he did so so there's a lot of question marks guys yes um I think you're going to see – I don't think you're going to see three linebackers on the field very often. I just don't. And you're not the first person that's come on this
1: podcast and said that, so I think I think that you're probably right. Um, I It's funny because I don't know if that's a scheme thing either. I think it's more of a necessity. There just doesn't look like there's a lot there. Uh, you mentioned Jacob Phillips. I guess I do want to ask you that since it is relevant. What did you think about that pick? Were you happy with it? Do you think he's going to be a stud? Um, well, what, what I mean, you know, what, what are your thoughts on him?
3: Um, I'm hoping it's going to work out to be a nice pick. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't who I thought they were going to take, you know, I, I thought they passed on some other linebackers earlier that I thought they should have taken, but I'm not an NFL scout guys. So, you know, um, I have to rely on the Browns and they, they certainly got a lot of picks right in this draft. So I'm, I'm trusting them. Well, (laughs) I mean, to me. To me, I think they did a nice job in, in picking, uh, in picking talented players and taking, you know, uh, the best player, you know, who who was on the board or close to it, uh, you know, of getting value picks. So Jacob Phillips was probably the one, uh, the one pick that people are going to point to and say, yeah, they they could have taken somebody better there. I so, agree with that. So he's got, you know, he he has to prove people wrong. So so we'll see. I mean, he, I think he's athletic enough to, to do it. I think he can do everything. So we'll just, we'll see how he turns out. So even
1: after, and you've been when I was on your show, we talked about. I mean, we talked about nineteen eighties Browns. So I know you've been you've been around the game. You've been watching the Browns for a while. Even after watching them botch picks like touchdown, Tommy Vardell, Brandon Weed, and Trent Richardson, Cameron Irving, Justin Gilbert, just uh, you know. Uh, Manziel, I mean, the, li- the list goes on and on. You're hurting Bo- my ears, Bell. I mean, <laughs> you-, you still think that the
3: Cleveland Browns uh, scouting department knows more than you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this scouting department, I think they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think th- I think they did a nice job with this draft. I like the I positivity. I like the positivity. J-
1: just because I'm curious, who did you see on the board when Jacob Phillips got picked that you thought would have been a better
3: fit for the Browns? Oh, You're going back too far now. Yeah, no. my memory's not that good, Josh.
1: Okay, all right, okay, all right.
3: that's um, fair. I
1: think. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Let Let me ask you this. What are your thoughts about the draft class overall? I mean, is there anybody that sticks out in your mind? Of oh, hey, they nailed it. This guy's going to be an impact guy. Is there a sleeper to watch? I mean, what are you What are you thinking?
3: I just think they did a good job of bringing in of bringing in guys with talent. And they let the draft come to them. They they uh, they didn't, you know. They kept their composure when, like, when the, uh, um, like when uh, uh, the the tackle went that everybody thought they were going to take, uh, and and they just kind of stayed where they were, and they ended up taking uh, Judrick J- 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 Wolves. Okay, they got a great pick. Okay, some teams would have freaked out so we got to move up we got to move up we're going we're we're not going to get a tackle now you know that that's the old browns the old browns did that stuff yeah Um, these guys are not like that these guys are are methodical they have it planned out they stick to their strategy it's like uh, the grant delpit pick he was there they could have taken him they were confident either that he would still be there when with the trade down, or that they had other options. That they knew that the trade down was a, was was a good idea. Yeah. So they did the trade down, stayed cool, and they still got their guy. Yeah. Not every team's going to do that. Most teams are going to say most teams fall in love with a player, or not. Maybe not most most teams, but the old Browns fall in love with a player. You get him no matter what it takes, (laughs) and you screw your draft up, okay?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I remember specifically when the Browns traded up one spot to go get Kellen Winslow because I think it was the Lions said, we're going to take him, we're going to take him, and the Browns panicked and then traded up and actually took Kellen Winslow. And then I can't remember who the running back was that they wanted, but if you remember, they traded up for uh, uh, Hardesty, the running back from Tennessee, Montreal yeah. Hardesty, they traded up for him, and then later on they talked about the scouting report. Didn't even really, the scouting department didn't even really look into him. They wanted the other running back, but the other running back that went ahead of him got taken off the board, and they panicked and traded up. I can't remember if it was Hardesty or if it was TJ uh, Ward that year, but one was it TJ? I think it was Hardesty that year. And then you remember Hardesty was taken in the second round, tore his knee up, and was just kind of never, never turned into anything. But, yeah, I mean, it goes on and on of Browns, botched draft picks and you know trading up and making ill-advised decisions you know they trade up trade it back into the first round to get Johnny Manziel and uh, they trade back into the first round to get uh, Brady Quinn as well right yeah so I mean I I definitely I definitely see what you're saying so it's definitely a good sign when they don't do that uh you did mention Grant Delpit I mean do you do you think that he is a stud every person that's been on this podcast the last two months I'd say thinks that he's going to be the best Arguably the best defensive back in his class when we look back on it. Um, do you feel that strongly about it as well?
3: I'll be honest with you. I, I wanted Antoine Winfield. Oh, yeah? In, in place of him. But the more I've read, the more I've heard from people, I'm I'm excited about Grant Delpit. Especially wow. now that he's a, a Cleveland Brown. Um, you know? I mean, once the draft happens, I'm a fan of these guys. And that's just how it is. I, I think uh, – you know i didn't realize how how injured he was last season with lsu yes and you know and and seeing the fact that he played through that and that that's really what hurt his draft uh, draft stock mm-hmm. so i think the browns i think they i think they got a great quote unquote deal on him there in the second round so yeah yeah i think he's i think he's going to come in and make an impact
1: yeah, and I, I think most people agree with you. I think it's funny that you had you had Anton Winfield over him. That's fine. I I, I think that yeah, that's a that's a unique answer. Most people were very very high on Grant Delpit. So, but I I think that you're right in talking about how a lot of people didn't realize how injured he
2: was and and, and all that. Adam, were you gonna say something? No, I was just gonna say you know kind of talking about old Browns versus new Browns. I think the Delpit pick is is the greatest example of all of the change. Uh, you know you trade back from 41 to 48 or 49 whatever it was you trade back eight spots or so you still get the guy you want and you pick up a fifth round pick which turns into Nick Harris who Josh I know you love center love out of Washington uh, yeah. you know they could have sat there at 41 or 42 and taken Delpit and never 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 added Nick Harris but they were able to trade back get their guy and then add Nick Harris to the roster I think that's uh, that is just a great you know strategic play by that front office and the every week Every week that we're on, Josh, that we're talking about this defense, I start to get more concerned about this defense, especially the the middle of this defense, the linebackers, the safeties. I think there's some, there's a lot of question marks as you guys, you guys, you guys talked about. Yeah. Um. You know, there's two teams in the AFC you're going to have to beat. You're going to have to beat the Chiefs. And you're going to have to beat the Ravens, and you're going to have to beat Mahomes and, and Jackson. The Chiefs. And, and, yeah, the Chiefs. Oh, you
1: said the AFC. I'm sorry, I thought you said the AFC North. I was like, no, dude, no, no. what?
2: The AFC. The AFC. If you're gonna, if right. the road to the Super Bowl is going going through Kansas City and it's it. going yeah. Baltimore, and you're gonna have to beat those two quarterbacks, and they're 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 you know Mahomes and the Chiefs, they throw the ball. You're gonna ha- you're gonna have to have a great secondary. You're gonna have to get. You're gonna have to have a defensive line that can create pressure. And mm-hmm. and similar similar with with Lamar, he's just gonna be able to scramble more. And you're gonna have to have guys that are gonna be able to have to come up and tackle. I think that's the biggest key. Do we have enough? You know, we have there's there's weaknesses in the line at the linebacker core, no doubt. But do we have people in the secondary that come up and make plays? That's going to be the big question for me. I feel like that's
1: a fair question. Um, you know, Rod, did you have anything to add on top of that?
2: No,
3: I agree with you, and there, there's a lot of inexperience there now. So um, yeah, we're gonna to have to see who steps up. But I, I like the defensive line, but it, there's definitely concerns
2: behind that. So Josh, yeah. to kind of tie this back in, my concern about the defense makes me more confident in the passing game overs for the Browns, if that makes sense.
1: That's smart. That's something yeah. Rod brought up earlier in the podcast, how we're not taking into consideration the defense. But that that does open my eyes to probably, you know, maybe leaning more towards that Chub under and hitting those passing offenses over. So I definitely mm-hmm. see why that may be something we overlooked at first. Um, well, I, I tell you what, let I'll, let me ask you one more question. And then we'll let you go. Uh, you, we briefly talked about the undrafted free agents. Um, is there someone? Is there is there an undrafted free agent you have your eyes on? Somebody that you think can make an impact?
3: I, I think the popular guy is AJ Green, the the corner. Just, oh uh, yeah, you know that's who everybody's talking about. But it, the undrafted free agents, I think uh, you really can't expect any of these guys just to, to come in and make the team. I think a lot of times it depends on injuries and things like this. These guys getting a true shot. I mean, um, A.J. Green very well could come in and play his way onto the team. That can happen. But this Browns roster is, pretty, is a pretty decent roster. So it's going to be tough for most of these guys to just come in and outplay some of the guys that are here. Um, mm-hmm. What could happen is they, they could get more of a shot because some Dorsey guys are, are being shown the door, things like this. And I really hope that's not the case. I really hope that that Andrew Berry is, is evaluating these guys strictly on talent and fit and not because they're his guys or my guys, things like that. But there are several of these undrafted free agents that could make the team if things shape up right for them. We'll just have to see what happens. I think a lot of it depends on injury. So,
2: George, George Obina—that's
3: my guy. Adam loves George Obina. We had <laughs> uh,
1: we had Bill Carroll on the show, and Bill Carroll compared him to Terrell Suggs, and Adam's Adam's eyes lit up
2: because uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been talking about Obina for two months now. And, That's true. And to hear him uh, come on and 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 confirm my 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 instinct, I I was really happy to hear that. And when he gets cut, I'm going to be – that
1: episode (laughs) is going to be titled George Obina Gets Cut, Adam is a Douche. That's what it's going to be called.
3: Wow. I can't can't
1: wait for it. That's (laughs) tough.
3: Well,
1: well, Rod, we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, Everybody go check out the Browns Blitz podcast. Uh, It's on Spotify, pretty much everywhere you can listen to podcasts. It's great. I love it. I love listening to everybody you have come on there, um, you know, talking Browns football and just bringing up random questions, you know, Kind of, you kind of. I tell you what, you kind of quiz those guys,
3: man. I I try. Yeah, I yeah. try, man. I try to make it interesting. I try to try to think of stuff that that we haven't talked about. You guys so, know it's t- it's tough talking about something different every week, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Josh, yes, Josh and I text every week, like, "Hey, what are we going to talk about this week?" <laughs> oh man, it's bad. It's bad. It's just but it's just th- such a dead period. There's not much going on between the draft and when camp starts. There's nothing. There's really nothing new to talk and,
1: about. And you can only talk about Jadavian Clowney so goddamn yeah, much
3: every week. Yeah. Every week. <laughs> yeah. But what else? You want to tell everybody else what else you got going on? Where they can follow you on Twitter. Well, they can find me at Clear Rodby. They can find uh, the podcast at the Browns Blitz. And I, I uh, write for Browns Access. Find uh, find my stuff at Browns Access. Awesome. We appreciate find you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun, guys. Good talking Thanks. to you. Yep.
1: Adam, you want to tell everybody they can follow you?
2: Yep. Follow me on Twitter, more2102. Again, make sure you go on Facebook. We have the Browns Wire uh, podcast Facebook group. Go on there, chat with us. Josh puts all of his articles up there. Uh, if you have questions, you know, you know, post something. We'll we'll be happy to interact with you. Um, make sure you like, subscribe, download our podcast, leave us a review. Um, let us know what you think. Yep, and this is Josh
1: Keatley. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Keatley sixteen. We're also gonna try to work on getting this video, getting videos up, uh, moving forward, put them on YouTube. That way, you can see Adam uh, with this all black background. Where it looks like a Nickelback <laughs> CD cover. Um, you could, you could I take can take the lamp
2: on if you want.
1: No, no, I like it. It's sensual. (laughs) All right, this was the Brown's Wire podcast, and we are out.
0: When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries.